Hey friend, are you struggling to find consistent paid speaking gigs? Do you want to know the exact six steps that you can take to find and book more paid speaking opportunities in 2024? Well, we want to make that easy for you. We've created a new free resource with the help of Dan Irvin, one of our highly successful speakers on our team. Dan has booked over $100,000 in paid speaking gigs in the last few years, and his six-step process is going to help you maximize your chances of getting booked and paid to speak in any industry. You're going to learn how to get started prospecting, master discovery calls, and proposal emails and so much more. All you got to do is go to thespeakerlab.com slash steps and we're going to send you this 18-page guide straight to your inbox. Again, that is thespeakerlab.com slash steps and you're going to get that free guide. Hey, thanks for listening. You're awesome. Hey, what's up, friends? Grant Baldwin here. Delighted to have you here listening to the Speaker Lab podcast for an episode of our Student Highlight Series. Now, as you may know, our mission here at the Speaker Lab is to help you get booked and paid to speak by equipping you with the tools to launch and scale your speaking business. And we are really, really proud of the thousands of students who have used our programs and tools to build the speaking business of their dreams. But you don't have to hear it from me. You can hear it directly from the incredible people who have gone from aspiring to established speakers thanks to their hard work and our programs. Now, if you're a speaker, I know that you have the story of what inspired your message and how you decided where you want to make that impact. And often that story can be what gives other speakers who are just starting out the confidence to take the first steps towards chasing their dreams. And so that's why we started this student highlight series, where you're going to be able to hear incredible speaker stories straight from our talented and diverse alumni. I'm going to hand off the mic for today's conversation to one of our coaches who works with our students every single day, giving them tailored guidance to further their speaking career. So here's this week's student highlight episode. Enjoy. so glad to be here with you today on the Speaker Lab podcast. My name is Mary Alice Goldsmith. I'm the Director of Student Success, and it is a true honor to have the opportunity to introduce you to some of our amazing students. I promise you're going to learn so much from their experiences and be inspired by their perseverance and success. And today, it's my privilege to introduce you to Kyla Koffer. How are you today? Koffer. Oh, darn. <laughs> I hate when I do that. Oh my goodness. And I, I always say like every time I start a podcast, I'm like, I practice that name. And I did. Name and I still screwed it up. Oh, That's why I'm man. laughing. It's okay. It's okay. It's different. I have like coffee in my mind and Kofer. Oh. All right. So it's <laughs> Kyla Kofer. Yes, nailed it. All right, well, we got through that. So here we are. How are you? I'm doing great. It's great to see you, Mary Alice. Thanks for having me. You too. I'm really excited to have you. I think uh, your story is going to be an inspiration to our current students and our potential new students. So thanks for taking the time uh, to be here with us today. Um, So I'd like to start off by sharing your expert positioning statement. It's something that all of our students work so hard to get to. So I'd like to say it and celebrate it. Um, So your expert positioning is I give growing leaders a roadmap for growth that includes burnout prevention, embracing failure, and development of self-worth. Love it. How do you you like hearing it? It's really fun um, because it I've changed it so many times. 
<laughs> so like it, it changes. It's always kind of been the same thing, you know, but you change the wording as you get more um, familiar and you kind of get more into things and more confident in what you're doing. Um, so it's fun hearing it back. I'm like, yeah, I do. I do do that. Yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> me. That's right. That's right. So I'd love to know what inspired you to want to speak about this particular topic. I mean, my own story, right? So mm. I think that's why we do a lot of things we do and talk about is um, our own stories. So I have a long, long history of depression and anxiety, um, which really honestly stemmed from a low self-worth. I just... Um, really didn't think anything of myself, to be honest. <laughs> so it's so funny when I tell that to people, because everybody's like, what? What do you mean? You're so confident. And I'm like, no, I really have been insecure for most of my life and really had a lot of self-doubt, um, like taking an imposter syndrome to a whole nother level. And so as I started working through some of that um, and experienced, uh, I experienced burnout like two or three times. Uh, and I saw how there was this pattern of burnout, especially in nonprofits. And really then COVID hit and it just happens to everybody. Uh, I thought, well, my story, I've learned how to prevent that and overcome it and how to work through it. I've learned how to work through my low self-worth issues, my self-doubt. Uh, and I've taken failures and I've had failures and I've um, let them overcome me, but I've also had failures where I've overcome them. And so I thought it was just worth talking about and being honest with, because I think that, well, Two parts. One, I really think that the story can inspire other people and motivate them and help them to, but really it's, I don't want anybody else to go through what I've gone through. I don't want people to, I just turned 40. I just had my 40th birthday last week. Oh, congrats. But I just, thank you. Um, but I just don't want someone else to spend 20, 30 years of their life feeling the way I did and having to figure that out. If my story can encourage and inspire anybody else to really take care of themselves and to really love themselves and have confidence in who they are and belief in themselves enough to um, do self-care, which is all about burnout prevention, um, then maybe we'll be having different conversations in 20 years. Yeah. Yeah. How about that? That would be amazing because I think we have some incredible emerging leaders and they become stagnant because they mm -hmm. get on that hamster wheel of, I need to have more, I need to do more, I need more certifications, I need more education. And it, it holds them back. And I think, um, I was having a conversation yesterday with the student and a lot of companies are suffering from this because mm -hmm. they have these great employees who have such potential to make a strong impact for the longevity of the company, but because of burnout, because of self-worth issues, because of that mindset hamster wheel of not enough, they don't want to become leaders. So it is really important work that you're doing. Um, yeah, you just nailed it. I mean, the, that it slows progress, it slows creativity, and it slows innovation, um, which is so fascinating because especially here in the United States, we tend to be seen as a really innovative country that really grows fast. But I think we do get hampered by um, self-doubt issues by, well, by plenty of other things too. Mm -hmm. But um, we, when we have, when someone has empowered us to go push past that, then we really feel like we can do great things. And the people yeah. who have made something of themselves and met their version of success, whatever that is, it's because they have not let those self-doubts hold them back. Yeah. Well, I think that's why, you know, here at the Speaker Lab, we designed the program the way that we did, not to do this uh, like a plug, but honestly, in all honestly, honesty, um, when people have never experienced coaching, it's it's hard to sell it, right? 
but the way we designed the speaker lab and our, our, our programs and offerings come with that one-on-one coaching because of what you just said, right. Mm -hmm. To, To be able to work through some of those mindset blocks and guess what, everybody, we all have them. Yay. Uh And and the more you grow, the more that some, you know, new ones show up. So we get to get introduced to other ego barriers, (laughs) right? So, um, having that coaching is so critical to the success and the outcomes of, of your goals that you want to achieve. And so we, we, thought it was so important to have that coaching, not just education, 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 because that's great. But if you don't do anything with the education, then it just lays dormant, which is what we're talking about. Yeah. Well, that's exactly actually why I became a coach. Um, I'm a certified life coach and I do coaching and that's why it led me into speaking. And I'm sure we're going to get into that. But uh, because when even when you're coaching for specific purpose or topic, like the speaker lab, I'm coaching, going through coaching to become a speaker. There's all this other transformation that happens in the middle of that. So Mm -hmm. a lot of that coaching in the speaker lab really built my confidence. You hear about other people who are going through it and who have, have been there. And, um, but then like asking the pointed right questions and reminding me that, oh yeah, I do know what I'm talking about. I do have a story to tell and to share. And oh yes, it's worth being paid for because I'm putting a lot of time and effort, energy and experience into that story. Yeah. Uh, and it's it it tra- transforms my own person. It's like a, a giant personal development program in secret that you don't really know you're going through. Yes, it's so true because I mean, let's, let even, let's even just go back to the expert positioning statement. If you were left to do this on your own, you might still be doing it. Not that you're not capable, but because you had somebody to bounce ideas off of and say, yes, that's it. Oh, you just lit up when you said that. Like there's something to that right there. Now you hear other people saying it and you love it. Yes. Well, that's exactly what happened to me is I um, had this statement and I was like, oh, but I really can't do this and it's not going to work and it's not like really right. And I don't think I can ever sell it to anybody. Man, the self-doubt, like those conversations comes pouring in. So then I meet with my coach and I read this statement to her and she was like, well, what do you need me for? You already have it. You're already (laughs) on your way. And I went, what do you, what do you mean? You're going to fix it, right? And make it like sellable. And she's like, she said to me, you're fine. You're good. Like you got it. (laughs) It was so nice to have that, that positive feedback. Yeah. We need that. I mean, that's, it's just so, especially when you're growing something, you just need that. You know, it's like when you're growing a human, you just need somebody to say, you're doing good. good. (laughs) Everything's good. You got this. Um, so I, I would love to know, like now that you've been doing this work and I know you've been so busy out there and, and making connections and speaking, and it's wonderful to hear what are some of the aha moments. Um, I know you have had them. I know I've had them, but for you as a speaker, as you're working with these leaders, what are some of the aha moments you've seen leaders have around this topic when you're speaking with them? Wow. Um, well, it's sometimes it's hard because you don't see people for the long term when you're doing like one talk. So you don't have that follow up with them to really hear what their aha moments were. Mostly I get feedback like, oh, this was really moving. I really needed this. But a lot of times we do have um, in like a Q, if there's a Q&A time, it's fun to hear people go ask deeper questions um, and say, I've really struggled with this. So in my, my main talk about burnout prevention I'll have a lot of people go, I just really needed this. I really needed to hear that. Um, This is something that I struggle with. I can, 
I can put more effort into this. I can take care of myself. I can, I can do that. There's, there's purpose and point in that. So, um, I, it's hard to say specifically that someone's had this big aha other than to see how people are moved and inspired by in that moment. And hopefully <laughs> taking that on that makes an impact in their life, um, beyond the, you know, one hour that I get to spend with them. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's so true. I think, I think the awareness here is so critical too. And it's, it's, it's not necessarily like go fix this, but be really aware of this, you know, like your lack of self-worth is just really well, and that you can do out. something about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You, you don't have to, um, you, you don't have to just keep living that way. It's not like it's supposed to be this way. You, you have more control of your own life than you think. So to say, um, here's some three steps that's going to help you prevent burnout and heal from it. There's something in that, that someone's going to go, Oh, like I'm in charge here. I can do something. Usually a lot of people have, um, really enjoy when I bring up boundaries and, and having that, Oh, I can set boundaries for myself and that's okay. I can tell my boss, no, yes. (laughs) (laughs) And not get fired. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that's great. Um, which is actually a great segue into the next question because I, I think, you know, with burnout and leadership and or just just burnout and work period, whether you're a leader or not, this could benefit anyone who's listening. But that work-life balance, like people throw that around. And no matter how we slice it, it, it is challenging, especially when you don't have it. But as a leader who may feel like they have the weight of the world on their shoulders and they're trying to do all the things and take care of all the people, um, what's one piece of advice when you're speaking that you try to really drive home for them so that they can get the fact that yes, work-life balance is an option for you. You just have to have, like you said before, some certain boundaries and make some certain decisions in order to have that. What, what, what is one thing that you like to leave your audience with? I think it's what I just said is that you have more control over your situation than you think. Mm. And no one's going to make this right for you except for you. I mean, you can't, you can't expect your boss to care about your boundaries, which that if you have a boss who cares about your boundaries, that's amazing and incredible and don't ever leave that job. But if, I mean, but it's not their responsibility to care about you and your boundaries. I mean, it is in a way, but that's your responsibility. It always is. And if you're not doing well, it's your, you have the power in yourself to change that and to do something with it. So I, I just really want people to see that, um, that, our lives sometimes are what we make it. And there that's not counting. I know we have trauma, we have other circumstances, we have our childhoods that we can work through. <laughs> but if we're capable, if you are mentally sound, if you are um physically able to do certain to do certain things with your body, to like get physical activity, whatever, like some things are in our own control and to understand the difference between what is in our control and what's not. Mm. Um, because if it's not, then like, let's not waste time complaining about that. Let's just do what we can do for ourselves. Yeah. Right there. You save a ton of energy, right? Mm -hmm. Um, okay. So when did you decide to, I know, I know you do a lot of life coaching, but when did you decide to transition into the speaking aspect of your business? Good question. (laughs) Yeah. I don't remember. I don't remember. I guess at just some point I was doing some workshops and I wanted to grow that. I mean, I, 
I really loved performing. Um, and you know, actually I know what it was. I was having a conversation with somebody about, um, moving forward into coaching and just like growing the business. And he said, Hey, go to this three day, like workshop thing. And and it tells you about being a speaker, just check it out. And so I just did. And then that spiraled from there because I was so enamored and realized how much I loved it. <laughs> yeah, well, that's great. You, d- you definitely like need to love it for sure. Um, but it is such a great compliment to coaching in terms of, you know, putting the topic out there, shedding light on the issue, and then being able to say, hey, and I can help you with this, you know, so it's, it's such a great compliment. Um, so I'd love to know what was happening or not happening in your speaking business that made you say, you know what, the speaker lab is going to help me in this way. And so I, I need to, I need to sign up with the speaker lab. There was nothing happening in my speaking business. <laughs> <laughs> I love when people say that because they're like, well, that's an easy answer. Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> nothing at all. I really had no idea how to do it. Um, and you know, what's funny is I think that this idea had been floating around for years you know, it was because it was always back there. It just took years to actually move to the forefront of my attention. Um, you know, I might see a Facebook. I think I saw a Facebook ad years ago and might have done like one of those, you know, free webinars or something on being a speaker and just was like, oh, I'll never be able to do that. But then when it was the reality, oh, I could do this, but I don't know how. Uh, I really needed some support and I needed to know how to run a business as a speaker. Like I I got a little bit of training uh, beforehand on um, actually creating an amazing talk. And I remember creating my amazing talk and it being really terrible. Yeah. It was so bad. And my speaker lab coach was like, okay, well, we can work with this. So let's just fix that up a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it really helped. But um, to to just go have that support, I knew that there was no way I would be successful if I didn't get some support. I just wasn't, it wasn't going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, that's, it's, it's very on brand, right? Like what yeah. we were talking about before. So, yeah. um, it's just like, again, like if you don't know how coaching can impact you and really catapult you, it's, it's, it's like condensing time, right? You could have done all of this on your own, but you chose well, not. To. Like I said, I just turned 40 and I just didn't want to be 50 and still trying to figure it out. Right. I wanted right. to like, move it along and actually have this career. And I wanted to make something of myself. And uh, I knew that I just needed some support of people who knew what they were doing. Otherwise I would be spinning my wheels forever. And with my insecurity, I needed some support. You know, I needed, I needed that confidence of somebody else who'd been there. Um, I'm always so impressed by the people who figured it out on their own first and can teach us because they had this extra level of confidence and, um, ability in themselves that I just didn't have. And so I needed that from them. And I'm really grateful for people like Grant and you who are willing to share that expertise and help other people because we all need it. We all need it. We all need mentors. Yeah. And, and, you know, Grant had mentors, I had mentors, right? So it's like, most people who bring things like this to the forefront have been impacted by others as well. And so this, there is like a trickle down effect, right? And now you're doing it. And so the people that you're impacting will do it. And it's, it's really a wonderful thing. And Grant, we always talk about this, like we'll never truly know the impact that we're making here at the Mm -hmm. speaker lab. Um, and you'll never truly know the impact you'll see it here and there, and it'll feel really good. And it gives you all the warm fuzzies, but we'll never really know the the work that we're doing and how it's impacting people all over. I actually heard this on another podcast um, just yesterday. I was listening to it and th- she was saying how um, she 
yeah, she charges for her coaching and she charges a lot of money and people think that it's crazy to spend that much money. And she was like, I think that's minor in the amount of um, value that's being given because I'm giving value to you. And then you're going to go give that value because of what you learned for me to another 70 people, 100 people, whatever, thousands of people who are going to go pass that on. So that value like grows and expands uh, beyond anything that we can imagine. Yeah, it is. It's priceless for sure. Um, so one of the things that we pride ourselves on is our speak framework, and that's the five modules that we have all of our students go through in our booked and paid to speak elite program. I'd love to know what is some of the impact that you've experienced from going through the course itself, the content and the, and the coaching. Um, I really appreciated being able to go back to prior lessons and, and having, um, a, a step process, like do this step, then do the next step, then do the next step. Because I just didn't know where to even start. And it's, it can feel really overwhelming when you're like, here's all the things you have to do. Um, but being able to start at the beginning and just go one step at a time, um, was really, really valuable. And then I was able to go repeat it, you know, like if I needed to go back, um, and create another talk, then I could repeat that same process and, and really teaching me how to make a demo video. I've now made two. And so like I said, repeating that process is really helpful. But I used that same process that I used the first time, you know, and I would remember my first demo video took me months, months, (laughs) because I was so scared. (laughs) I just didn't know what to do. Until finally, I was like, I have to just do it. I just have to and here's the whole process. So just follow it. And I didn't have to spend mental energy figuring out how to do it. Mm-hmm. It was all written there for me so I could spend my mental energy and growing a business and delivering a great talk. So I found it really, really valuable. The whole, yeah. the whole step-by-step process. I love how you repeated uh, the demo reel outline yeah. just to keep you on track for, you know, because that's one thing we always say, like you'll create this demo reel, but don't, don't be married to it because as you continue to speak, you're going to want to add like, oh man, I nailed that talk. I want that in my demo reel, right? So you're experiencing that. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Well, what really helped me with the demos, I remember Grant showing his very first demo video and ta- and saying how his first video was terrible and then comparing it to the most recent one and realizing that perfection is the enemy of done. Like just get the first video out there. And then once you start delivering some amazing talks, you do another one and it's just better and better. And it's fun to see how much you've grown. Why do we have this idea that we have to be like perfect and an expertise level and have it all figured out like from day one? Nobody has ever done that. (laughs) But we just think we have to. It makes no sense. (laughs) And you know, what's funny is like even the people who quote unquote have it figured out, you know, we'll just call out like a, a Tony Robbins or a Grant Baldwin, like they're still growing and evolving too, right? We're never yes. done. I mean, life would be really boring if we just like reach the ceiling and then it's it's over. Like, right? I don't know, that's boring. <laughs> There's just no point in that. And it just never happens. And we just tend to think, oh, I'm listening to this person because they're an expert. They know everything. Well, nobody is at that level. And what's fascinating is it, when you start studying imposter phenomena syndrome is that the people who have more expertise in a topic tend to feel less like an expert because they know how much they have left to learn. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, it's very true. It's such a great point. And I always say to students, like, you have to give your your business that room to breathe and evolve. And if, if you if you make it about perfection, 
you're never going to keep, you're never going to move forward. You're always going to be stuck in this perfection. And like, let's face it, it's hard to watch ourselves on video. It's hard to see ourselves in our images all over our website. That's not easy. And for some people, it's really, really hard. And we have such empathy for that, um, which is another reason why it's such a great program, because you can have a coach say, hey, I know it doesn't feel good for you, but from an outsider looking in, it's really well done. You know, um, we're never going to look at our demo video and be like, man, I am amazing. I look great. I sound great. I own that stage. We're always going to pick the little things apart. And so knowing that we have to let the business continue to grow and breathe and evolve. But if we suffocate it, that's where that burnout's going to come in because mm-hmm. you're just spinning your wheels of, I got to do this better. I got to be perfect. Like it's hard to be creative when you're stuck in perfection. It's impossible to be creative yeah. when you're stuck in perfection. You have to just be grateful for who you are and where you are right now. Because mm-hmm. this is what you have right now. You might not even have tomorrow. You know, you've got today. So just give it a go and be proud of who you are and how far you've come. Like look back to 10 years ago and just think about the way you processed life 10 years ago and the way you handled things 10 years ago or and how much you knew about speaking. Or uh, I mean, 10 years ago, I was not even calling myself a speaker. 10 years ago, I was stuck in a job that caused me so much stress and anxiety that I had to like go to therapy all the time because my job was terrible, you know? Mm -hmm. So um, trying to figure out where we are (laughs) in our life, we've just, we've grown so much. So don't judge yourself for where you aren't. Judge yourself for how far you've come and be grateful and proud of yourself. Yeah. My, my brother's wife always says, be where your feet are. It's an amazing place to be. That's good. (laughs) Yeah. She'll walk in a room and if everybody's on their cell phone, she's like, people, be where your feet are. What are we doing? And it is, it's like just being is a very powerful place to be. Um, And the rest will come, you know, Mm -hmm. not to be overly woo woo, but it will if you trust the process, but being is a really powerful place to be. Um, so we had a conversation once you and I, and you were talking about how you, um, put yourself on the hook for certain gigs and for you, and this is not for everybody, but for you, this really helped you get focused and kind of weed out any of the mindset gremlins or any of the shoulda, coulda, wouldas, and just like stay in this lane. So talk a little bit about that process of how many gigs you wanted to do, what you did to achieve that. And in looking back, if you were to do a little bit of a reflection on that, what went well, what didn't go well, what would you do different? Yeah. So last year, my goal was to have 40 speaking engagements, which I realized was a lot. (laughs) I didn't know. I wanted 40 speaking engagements. I actually met that goal at exactly 40. Um, But I ended up having to readjust what I thought was my goal. And I found out like when you're creating goals, you need to be really, really clear and really specific on what that goal means. So my goal ended up being 40 public appearances. And I included um, articles published that were somewhere other than my own website. I included podcast appearances. Um, And I I didn't include my own podcast, but I included other podcasts. So the Speaker Lab and actually, maybe it was just an article that we did last time, um, but was like the 40th. So I did it. And um, having that that number like kind of kicked me into gear and made me go, well, if I want 40 events, like they're not going to just come knocking at my door. <laughs> it's so funny, right? We're like, oh, I'm just going to say I'm a speaker. And then everybody's going to start going, I want you. <laughs> But they don't know you're there unless you actually pursue them. So I really took a lot and put a lot of effort and energy into getting those engagements. This year, I've realized I wasn't clear enough 
So I said I cut back and I want to do 20 paid engagements, paid speaking events. Um, And to even be more clear, I'd like to do keynotes. But 20 now is a lot. And here we are in in spring. And I don't know when this podcast will be released, but um, I'm not anywhere close to that. Nowhere near that. Um, I've had a really rough start in this year. And that's okay. I'm okay with that because there's still a whole year left. And if I have to readjust my goal, I have to readjust it. But having that number does trigger my mind of going, oh, if I really do want to meet that goal, I'm going to have to like start reaching out to people and make some sales calls and um, share my my events and get some testimonials and actually do things. So I like got the video finished and, and I've done things towards that end. So um, sometimes our goals shift and change and that's okay. And that's mm-hmm. wonderful. Um, actually, it's not just okay, it's wonderful, but it helps to just see my goal out there and, and go, I really do want to do this. I love speaking and, um, uh, and to see how much progress I've made from my first speaking of, not my, even my first, but one of my speaking events, like from 25 years ago, you know, and, and just seeing where I'm at now, uh, it's a lot of fun and something yeah. I'm really proud of. Yeah. Yeah, well, you should be. You should be very proud of it. And I, I, I am always, I always say that um, numbers are really important. Not just the money numbers. That's great, but really understanding your numbers and where are you aiming. You know, what's the target? Um, and like you said, you could refine that. You can change that. You could flip it upside it on its head if you want. It doesn't matter. That's the beauty of being an entrepreneur. You get to choose. But having something versus just being like, well, I don't know. I just, I just love to speak and I want to speak. Well. I mean, that's great. And and that's important too, but not having clarity on goals and outcomes is very risky in, in terms of managing the business. So I love that you put a number on it. Well, it's risky if you have something that you want to do and you want to go somewhere with it. So it's not risky if you don't care about that, you know, like if you don't actually want to create a speaking business and you just kind of wanted to do this as a hobby or it's something fun, like, okay, fine. Don't, don't worry about your goals. But if you actually want to be called a keynote speaker and have that where people are calling you to be a keynote speaker, you have to start have you have to know where you're going with that and you've got to put effort and work into it and have a plan otherwise it's just going to be someday out there hello wave <laughs> i'm waving to you maybe someday i'll have this whole whole full business as a speaker you know yeah it's just hopes and dreams at that point mm-hmm. or you're just gonna get frustrated and yeah it'll never go anywhere which is always an unfortunate chain of events but um so you have the coaching business, you have the speaking business, you have a personal life, I'm sure. How do you manage all of it? With help and support. <laughs> a lot of it, like right now, my child is at um, her grandmother's house. Um, otherwise, she'd be interrupting me <laughs> all the time. Um, you know, it's it's hard. Last night, I was up till late working, you know, and some days um, are challenging days. But I think what keeps me going is just this this dream I have, this like real desire and this complete confidence that I'm exactly doing exactly what I was created and built to do. Um, and a lot of gratitude. I'm just really grateful for my support support system. You know, my husband um, comes home early in the afternoon from his job and takes a lot of kid time. And we just tag team quite a bit. We have a pretty good partnership where we can help each other out a lot. And um, we've got, thankfully, some good family support. But um, and I homeschool my kids. So like, it's a lot of routines and schedules and a lot of flexibility. Just, you know, 
you, there's, there's nothing we can do on our own completely. <laughs> we have to have support. You have to have gratitude. And you have to be, you have to be a little bit flexible because sometimes things are just going to come up. For sure. I mean, especially as a mom, wife, daughter, friend, business owner, there's a lot of, a lot of things to juggle. There's a lot of roles to play and you just have to know what's, which one's important right now. I love, um, Nora Rob, I think it was Nora Roberts who said, um, to answer to the same question, life is like juggling, um, plastic balls and glass ones. And you just have to make sure that you don't drop the glass ones. Yeah, there you go. You don't definitely want to, don't want to drop, drop the kiddos. (laughs) (laughs) There's mistakes. And I I yell at my kids sometimes and we have anger and, you know, it's like really messy sometimes, but sometimes there's beautiful things in the messiness. So, Oh, for sure. For Mm -hmm. sure. Yeah. I think, I think back about that too, like being a mom, running a business, doing all the things. And, you know, there's so many nights you put your head on the pillow and you go, gosh, I did nothing right today. There are a lot of those nights, right? It is. It's so true. You know, and then it's like you wake up and your, your child comes running towards you and squeezes you and gives you a big hug. And you're like, okay, I'm not that bad. (laughs) It's so funny. Kids, you know, something to go on a tangent there. So funny. My daughter is four and she's currently in a phase of like, um, calling, saying what she thinks. (laughs) But, um, she'll go one second. She will literally be like all over you, hugging you, kissing you. You're my favorite. And then two minutes later you tell her no. And she's like, you're the worst mom ever. (laughs) You're like, come on. Oh man. It's like building a business right? It's a roller coaster for sure. Love it. Um, I'd love to know, and I'm sure people who are inspired by uh, what you've done here in your speaking business and coaching business, what are some of your non-negotiable tasks that you address Monday through Friday? I honestly don't know if I can even answer that question. That's something maybe I should put on my goal list to be really, really very honest with you. (laughs) I mean, I can see and tell you and create an answer, but, um, I, I really probably should be more disciplined in writing things down. (laughs) You know what? My non-negotiables are that I take care of myself, especially as a um, person who speaks a lot about burnout prevention, which includes self-care. If I'm not taking care of my own well-being, then I'm not going to survive. I have too many things happening. And, and so some taking a break, um, stopping in the evening, whether it's just to watch TV or whatever, like having moments of, of caring for my own well-being, whatever that looks like, you know, sometimes it might just be like, I took a shower today. (laughs) That's a win, you know, or, or, um, I brushed my teeth, just whatever it is, but making sure that I, I haven't forgotten my own care. Yeah. That's so important. So important. Um, I'd love to know, is there a piece of advice that you wish you had earlier on that you'd love to share with someone who's just starting out or getting ready to build a speaking business. Don't quit just because you had a bad talk or you, or you had a bad review. Um, so my, when I was 17 or so, I joined the speech team in high school and, uh, I had, I had loved my speech class and thought it'd be fun to join the speech team. So I'd had this persuasive speech that I put together and my teacher, Mrs. Wynn, bless her. She said, you this is really more of an informative speech. It's not persuasive. And I was like, I got this, Mrs. Wynn, I got this, <laughs> you know, cause we know everything. And so I went to my very first speech uh, performance 
a speech competition. And I remember sitting in a desk watching other students give their speeches and going, oh, this is not going to go well. <laughs> because they were so much more prepared than I was. And I didn't have a clue what I was doing. And I got up there and I think I had my speech still mounted to like construction paper. And they had their speeches memorized. And here I stood up and just read mine and stood in place like, wah, wah, wah. it was terrible. And I, she was right. It was not a persuasive speech. It was a complete epic failure. I got last place. And because I was so insecure, I just quit. I quit the speech team. And I didn't pick up speaking until, I don't know, as at well, at professionally until 20 years later. And I keep thinking, man, if I wouldn't have quit, if I would have taken all that advice that I got from that event and like tried harder that day and, and done another competition, rewrote it, wrote a new speech um, and put some effort into it, I would have been way different, but maybe not, you know, maybe not. I learned from it. So I just think if you have a bad talk, everybody's going to flop at one point, like just don't give up. And I've gotten, I've gotten negative comments, but I've also gotten way more positive comments. So those negative ones, you can take them and, and learn from them and say, can I, do I need to tailor anything to this? Like, do I need to change my talk in any way? Or is that person just having a bad day? Or is that person just not my audience? So I'm, I'm thinking of one particular talk that I gave where they only got 10 people respond to the survey afterwards. Nine of them were like, this is fantastic. This is great. And the one person was like, this talk was terrible. She needs more training. She needs more education. Like this just wasn't, this was a waste of our time. And I was like, oh man, you know, and I could have spent a lot of time and I'm sure I did wallowing in that one comment. But if the other nine were positive, <laughs> I mean, let's just let that one slide and, and move on. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a, a great piece of advice because, you know, we're not for everyone and everyone's not for us. And so we have to really manage that. We yeah. are human. And when you, when you get those negative feedbacks, it's kind of like, Ooh, that's, that stings that, that kind of hurt a little bit. Um, but then it's like, okay, I got these nine. And then even more importantly is how did I feel about it? Like, did mm -hmm. I walk off the stage feeling really good and, and feeling like I made the impact that I came here to make? And I think we often forget about that, you know, like we're our worst critic, but we could also be our best critic at the same time. And so just checking in, having that gut check of how did I do and how do I feel about it is really important. Um, you know, cause we are putting ourselves out there. Absolutely. I think you nailed it. Cause I mentioned earlier, our, um, our version of success, like what is that? What does success mean to you? All those people, then all 10 of them don't have any impact on who you are. You're, you're that person. Like they don't have any, um, say in how you become successful. Only you have say in that. So if you're, you have pride in what you've accomplished, if you have met your goals, if you, like you said, if you feel great walking off that stage, knowing that you gave it your all and that that's where the money counts. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. All right. Let's, um, let's, let's get into some more like fun stuff about like, right. being a speaker. So I'd love to know, how do you prep for your speeches? Are you the person that writes every word? Maybe you do a little post-it thing or like a storyboard. What's your process for preparing for your talk? Yeah. So the, um, the first, when I'm first creating the talk, I do write every word. Okay. I have it all written down. I don't memorize them, but I want to have like a story. I want to make sure it makes sense and it's all written down. 
Yeah, but, you know, then it changes and shifts and uh, I'll speak it differently, but it's like, this is the story first (laughs) and then we have it. Yeah. I mean, it's just like the process, right? Like some people do bullets, some people do post-its, some people need every word. So it's just interesting to hear. I do do that. And then, uh, you know, I practice it like, like mad. And so it's always different a little bit every time you practice it. But right before the speech, I will write down um, my main points Mm-hmm. And I'll have that on a small piece of paper, either in my pocket or on a table in front of me or podium, wherever it is that I can set it down. And I never look at it, but it's there. <laughs> just the main points. It is. I just need it there. Yeah. Love that. Um, how about pre-stage routine? Drop on your knees, say a prayer, meditate. What do you, what do, you do? <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I have that. Make sure I have that piece of paper. <laughs> and then um, usually it's a breathing practice. It's like, and, and pep talk, just mental talks of um, slowing my breath down, taking some slow, deep breaths or meditation, um, and then saying things like, you've got this, you're well prepared for this, um, you're, there's someone in here that you're meant to help, so that's the person you're speaking to, and, and just being ready ready with that, just repeating those things in my mind, because my, my mind goes crazy. And if I don't take control of my mind, I'm in trouble. <laughs> so I don't need to do the jumping on the trampoline thing. I just need to like be mentally proud of myself before I walk on the stage. Yeah, I love that last thing. I, I think that's where a lot of the fear comes in, right? Because like, yeah, of course, you want to nail the talk, like, don't get me wrong. But like, it's really about you, you want the people who need to hear it to hear it. And so you don't want to forget any of the information that they need to hear in order to get it. And so like, I think that for me, that's where a lot of the pressure comes in. Like, Oh, I hope I don't forget anything that they need to hear. <laughs> you know, I did one of my most recent talks. I really did well with that mental prep. Cause I had longer time than I, than I thought to prepare the previous speaker went long. And so I was like mentally getting ready. And I kept saying that, and I kept repeating that to myself. There is somebody here who needs this talk and I'm speaking to them, everybody else, it doesn't matter. And that was the best talk I've ever given standing ovation, like crazy, amazing evaluations. Like it was just incredible. And so when I was able to focus on, I'm speaking to someone here who really needs this message today, um, it actually ended up overflowing to many more people. Yeah. Well, when you're like selflessly going about it, there is some energetic shift that happens there for sure. So hang on to that. Um, Okay. Well, you already shared this, but something you have to have when you're speaking. So you shared your little bullet points, anything else? Yeah, no, no, nothing else. You know, sometimes I do slides. Sometimes I don't. It's just depends on what they like, mm-hmm. um, at the event, but really it's just, I, I need to have that security, blanket, <laughs> that, that bullet point list that if I blank out, I at least usually I can recover, but if I blank out, I have something that I can look at <laughs> to yeah. refer to. Yeah. And yeah. I don't think it's a big deal. Like if you blank out and say, you know, I just want to make sure that I covered everything and like, just to reboot, like I'm yeah. not that big of a deal. Like you're human. They know you're human. They'll get yeah. it. Um, what do you love most about speaking? This sounds so bad. <laughs> this is so funny. Um, I'm going to say it anyways, because it, um, it's true, even though it feels kind of weird to say, but I really love attention. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So, you know, when I've started owning that, it made me better. <laughs> like, That's so great. I just really, really love it. And so like when you're up there speaking, everybody's giving you their attention, they're listening to you. And then afterwards you get high fives and you get congratulations or whatever. Like, I just eat it up. <laughs> that's great. I mean, that's good. That's a good thing to know. I think that's empowering. You know, it really is. It. 
I used to be so ashamed of that because a lot of, and especially growing up, because people are like, stop asking for attention. You don't need it all or whatever. And I just don't think that's true. Like there are people who love the attention and that's a good thing because there are a lot of people who don't. And so Mm -hmm. I will soak it up so that you don't have to deal with the attention. (laughs) I'll take it all so that you can just live your life in peace. (laughs) Oh, that's great. That is great. It is true though. Like, you know, that's for another podcast, but like the whole (laughs) mother father story that we inherited, like go in the corner, be quiet, behave, you know, don't, don't draw attention to yourself. Um, it does become a shameful thing to say, like, I love the attention. Yeah. You know, but I think, I think the, 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 the topic that you're covering is so important and to know that you have people's attention means that you're making that impact. And so it correlates so well together. Look at you like turning it into something really good. Yeah. You see, it's really a positive thing. (laughs) It really is. I mean, I don't think you're up there being like, yes, pay attention to me. I think you're up there like pay attention to me because I I might save your life and your career. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I think that that's, that's powerful. Um, and I love how you own that. It's great. It's great. (laughs) Yeah. Um, well, we think what you're doing is awesome. You know, this is not easy. It's not easy to step into this realm of saying, I'm going to become a speaker and then to build out the speaking business. I think most speakers have a love for speaking. We don't really teach that here at the speaker lab, but we do teach people how to build those businesses. And that's not the easy part. You know, that's the part that, you know, the demo reels, the leads, the website, that's the stuff that people are like, Oh, I didn't know how to do all this. I just want to get on stage. (laughs) So I just got back from the beach and I feel like it's a really good picture of this because, um, you, we, it was like a stormy, stormy weekend. And so I don't know if the waves are typically that rough or what, because I don't get to spend any time at the beach, but, um, when you first walk onto the beach and it's like, this is amazing and incredible and gorgeous. And I have to be here. But if you get caught by some rough waves, it's like they're beating you up. But if you really want to swim and you really want to swim in the ocean, you have to figure out how to get through those waves, you know, and or figure out ways to enjoy it anyways. Um, but the ocean's still wonderful and beautiful. You just might get beaten up with waves. So you got to take it all. You got mm-hmm. you to take it all and be willing to get beaten up by a few waves to really experience the joy that is the beach, you know? So that's the same with speaking like and building this business. It's really hard sometimes. Um, I cannot tell you the number of times when I've gone, I'm just going to quit. I'm going to give up. I'm just going to mm-hmm. have to go get a job somewhere and be miserable because I can't keep doing this. Mm-hmm. And then something happens where I'll get a call booked or some, someone reaches out and they say how they're inspired by it. And you have just the little things that keep going, plus that deep knowledge of if I wasn't doing this, I'd be really ignoring something that I was deeply created, innately created to do. Um, And that would be a bigger disservice to me and my life and the legacy and what I'm trying to teach my children. So I'm going to keep going as much as long as I can. As long as as long as I can. So if you know someone who's looking for a burnout prevention talk, please send them my way. There you go. There you go. Love it. Love it. Shameless plug. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're awesome. We really appreciate you taking the time today to speak to all of us and inspire all of us who are on this speaking journey. Um, it's not always easy, but it is important. And um, the chosen few that are here trying to make an impact with their speaking their speaking and their, and their topic. Um, I know you've inspired today, so, uh, we appreciate you and everybody have a wonderful day. 
make sure you're out there doing all you have to do to become um, a speaker and fulfill your dreams because um, with every little thing that you do, you get closer to it. Um, but it is that tenacity and that belief. Um, and if you're trying to go it alone and you need that help, make sure you go to the speakerlab.com and check us out and book a strategy call. We're here to help you fulfill that dream. All right, everyone, have a great day. If today's episode left you feeling inspired to take the first or the next step in your speaking journey, we would love to help you out here at the Speaker Lab. If you're ready to get serious about making your speaking dreams a reality, I want you to head over to thespeakerlab.com slash highlight. Again, that is thespeakerlab.com slash highlight and book a free no obligation call with our team. Who knows? Maybe you're going to get to share your story on a future student highlight episode of this podcast. Also, if you've enjoyed this episode, I've got good news for you. There's plenty more where that came from. You can subscribe to the Speaker Lab podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcasts, or you can head over to thespeakerlab.com slash podcast to explore all of our past episodes and more. Finally, I got one huge favor to ask of you, and that is, would you leave a rating or review for this podcast? We read every single one of them, helps other speakers find valuable free resources that they can use to also build their speaking careers. Hey, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.